welcome to the Provoking Minds podcast brought to you by KU Learning and Development. My name is Laurie Hislop. Before we start, I acknowledge the Darug people have been in this area where I am for thousands of years. I also acknowledge all those joining us from the traditional lands of other Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander peoples. I'm here today with Amanda Alderman to talk about team building or specifically how to establish a positive team culture. Oh, this is, I know this is a huge topic, one that Amanda is really interested in and something that she has recent experience in. Amanda is the director at KU Croydon, a preschool in Sydney's inner west, and she's been at Croydon long enough to be able to think about the process she took to develop this sense of belonging at the service for her and her team. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Laurie. It's lovely to be here. So, Amanda, to get us started... How did you go about establishing this positive team culture? What are the things you did as the leader in the space to do this? Yeah, it is all about getting to know the team. At the beginning, it can be scary when you start somewhere new, meeting new people. You don't know how they are going to respond, what they think and believe, what is happening now in each person's life, uh, personally and professionally. Make a connection with each person, ask questions, be genuinely interested. It is about having conversations, finding out about each person in your team, starting a relationship, just like educators do when new children arrive. Be yourself, be real, lead the way from day one. Developing relationships is the cornerstone for building a strong united team culture. I love that you can articulate that so clearly. I love that you could just go through, I, I did this, this, this. I can just see how you're thinking. But let me clarify a few things with you. It sounds like you said that for different people, you might do different things. Yes, that's that's correct. You can't lead and inspire in bulk. There are no shortcuts When you treat people as unique individuals who all have something different to offer, you're valuing each person and giving people a sense of security and belonging. Amanda, you're describing the kind of things we do with children, aren't you? Like when we have new children who arrive at the service, you have to get to know them. Uh, So you're really describing a very similar thing with the staff when you say you need to get to know the team. I, I haven't misunderstood, have I? No, that's correct. I agree. Uh, I believe that we need to be inspired by the early years learning framework for Australia. Think about the key elements. Belonging, a sense of security, feeling valued, feeling accepted. Being, the relationship, connection, trust, enjoy the moment, becoming, inspire, grow, develop. The order is very important. If people don't feel a sense of security and worth, they won't open up, share and trust. And then you can't develop a relationship. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? Like the, the those three Bs, belonging, being and becoming. We know those words so well. We know how important that is for children. But somewhere along the line, we've forgotten that this is also a relevant way of working with adults as well. Mm-hmm. But you talk about trust. How do you build trust with adults? Start by being yourself, Uh, be genuine, be vulnerable, share your insecurities, fears, weaknesses. It's through weakness that we connect, not strength. 
actively lead. It must be more than words. We need to be a role model. Leaders need to trust their team and create a safe space. Accept people as they are. This one is very important. Communicate regularly and practice confidentiality. Oh, my goodness. You are doing so many things. And I, as I said before, you've been able to articulate these different processes. You're role modelling. You're initiating conversations. You're communicating. So tell me more about the kinds of conversation you might be having. Conversations need to be one-to-one. They need to be genuine and natural and they need to be regular. Uh, I, I usually follow this sequence Acknowledge and praise first. Sometimes when you start a conversation, people can be a little bit nervous and unsure. They don't want to open up immediately. Start with the positives, break the ice. Then ask and inquire, how are they doing? How are things going for them? Reflect together. What what are their thoughts? What are their ideas? Then share and guide, offer your feedback and suggestions. I love this idea of acknowledging. I think that's a really... A key element, acknowledging, acknowledging gives more detail too, doesn't it? it? It's it's more than just, gee, thanks. It's thanks for doing something, really quite specific. So I think your team are really lucky to have you in this space, Amanda. Thanks, Laurie. I love leading and I have a great team to work with. Now, I love all these ideas. How on earth do you find time to do this? <laughs> Good question. Uh, In my experience, there are three things. Be organised, think ahead and have a plan. There is the plan time and there is spontaneous time. It's the spontaneous time that people miss and need to utilise more. Create a prioritised to-do list, always ready for the quiet moments. Share the list with the team to encourage everyone to start thinking about making the most of valuable time. During your plan time, prioritise regular conversations with educators. Let them know they feel valued and are worth planning for. I love that you are perhaps accidentally quoting Loris Malaguzzi. He says it's always, or he said it was always about priorities. But I just want to go back and clarify one of the things you said. You were saying that having these one-on-one moments with individuals helps them personally and it helps the team. Help me understand that those two things, personally and the team. Yes. When educators feel a sense of security and belonging to a team, they'll be more inclined to, to think outside themselves and to put others first. As a leader, we need to show our team how to be more selfless. How do we put our team before ourselves? A good example is when a leader is under the pump and there are staff shortages. Do you place this burden on your team? Do educators in your team feel they can't take time off? Another good example is how a leader responds to educators. Do you respond or react? I heard this question asked at our Director's Day recently. Reacting is instant and emotional. It's about you. Responding is considerate and about the other person. I do love that. I've been thinking about, I was at that day as well, and I've been thinking a lot about reacting or responding. I think that's a really a great reminder, isn't it? So I guess that's one of your first tips. So I was going to ask you, what other tips do you have that have worked for you when you've been trying to, no, not trying to, when you've been establishing a really positive team culture? Yeah, uh, be yourself, be real and genuine. Uh, Reflect on yourself, be transparent 
and be willing and ready to change. Secondly, I'd say develop caring, trusting relationships with each person in your team. Take interest in others and know your team. Be a role model. Show others how through your actions you're leading by example. There's no hierarchy. Everyone needs to get their hands dirty. Build a sense of belonging and accept people as they are before you try and improve them. Value and acknowledge their strengths. People need to feel valued. They need to know they can bring something to a team. Have the difficult conversations. Be honest, but also sensitive and supportive. They're really hard things to do, some of them. Mm. Like those tips of yours, they kind of started out, oh, yeah, I can do it, I can do that, I can do that, and then and then they really did get a little bit more challenging. Mm. Did you? Is that I haven't misread that or misheard you saying that, having those difficult conversations, that's all part of this as well, developing that positive team culture. That's hard but also good. Amanda, you said to me earlier before we started recording, we were just chatting, and you talked about this idea that there are so many courses and podcasts out there about leadership. Each one offers something inspiring or helpful, but do you remember what you said to me about that? Yes. I mentioned attending courses and and or listening to podcasts is only the beginning. uh, Reflecting on ourselves and being willing to change is the hardest part of being a leader. We must practice what we preach. And the key is to keep trying and, and don't give up. I agree. It is so much harder to put things into practice. Amanda, we could keep going, but That is all we have time for in today's episode of Provoking Minds brought to you by KU Learning and Development. Thanks for listening and thank you to Amanda for joining me today. Thank you, Laurie. If you want to find out more about building a positive team culture, then look at the work of Janelle Nesbitt, Max Dupre or Simon Sinek and check out two KU workshops, one about philosophy and how your service philosophy can shape a positive team culture. And the other workshop that focuses on educational leadership, the original question was how do you create a positive team culture? And your message has been that this starts and actually probably ends with relationships. This idea of get to know your people and what motivates them individually. This is probably not relevant, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. Eleanor Roosevelt said that a good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader, but a great leader and I think that's you, Amanda, inspires people to have confidence in themselves. And even though this was said more than 60 years ago, it's still so relevant. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode.